Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. I want to talk to you about it can't end this way. That's what I want to talk about. It just can't end this way. I'm going to get happier sooner than I'm intended to get happy. And I'm going to tell you several accounts in the Scripture, this being the first of how it just didn't happen that way. In the natural, it was going to happen one way. But when the supernatural got a hold of the natural, it just didn't. Look at verse number 12 of chapter 10 of Joshua. And Scripture says this. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, S-U-N, Son, Son, stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of Agilon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of the heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. And there has been no day like that before it or after it that the Lord, everybody say the Lord, Lord. that the Lord heeded the voice of a man. For the Lord fought for Israel. (laughs) It just can't end this way. Say amen. Be seated. Thank you very much. We've prayed already, so we'll just move right on in and thank God for it. Now keep your Bibles open. Last Sunday, I preached on the thought, why are we sitting here until we die? It came from 2 Kings chapter 7. Really, the subject of the lesson last Sunday was, what is holding you back? And I told you about four leprous men who defied all the odds against them. There was an army in front of them and a famine in the midst of where they were and closed gates to a city that wouldn't let them in. They were outcasts. And the flesh was falling off of their bodies by nature of the progression of the stinking disease of leprosy. But their motivation was... Why are we going to sit here until we die if there may be hope by getting up? And I I have come to continue that thought with another thought. By saying to you that every once in a while we need to talk to ourselves and have a reality check. I expected a louder amen than that because you're talking to yourself anyhow. Might as well make it count. You see, most of the stuff that you and I are faced with that steal our joy and keep us awake when we should be resting, that stuff will not go away just by ignoring it. Somewhere along the way, we have to say to ourselves about where we are and where we're headed. We need to say something like, I see where this is going and I'm not willing for it to end this way. Say amen. Now, your Bibles are still open, and if they're not, oh, reopen them to Joshua 10, because I want to begin with him. Joshua and the children of Israel had recently crossed over the Jordan River, and they'd moved into the Promised Land, just like God said they would. Moses died. He handed the baton, or mantle, if you will, of leadership to Joshua. And as they went into the land, God was doing for them what He said He would do. He was giving them... Houses they didn't build and vineyards they didn't plant and fighting for them against the enemies. Not long into the promised land, five kings, one, two, three, four, five. Five kings and their troops came against a group of people known as the Gibeonites who were allies of the people of God. By trickery and deceit, because the Gibeonites feared the God of Joshua and the children of Israel. They lied to Joshua and the children of Israel. And by that deception, and not praying beforehand, the children of Israel entered into alliance with the Gibeonites that said, your enemy will be our enemy. We'll protect you. Well, after they found out they were deceived, they still had to keep their word. How many know God intends for us to keep our word? Five kings got 
angry at the Gibeonites for siding with the Israelites, and they came against them. As quickly as the runner could run from Gibeon to where the Israelites were, with word, come and help us, he ran. Overnight, Joshua and his troops traveled and made a journey of about eight hours overnight that under normal condition, because of the distance and the geography, would take about three days. And the battle ensued. According to this scripture, the battle raged all day. And though Joshua and the children of Israel had the upper hand because God was fighting for them, Joshua saw that some of the enemy would escape if the battle was not won by the time the sun went down. Perhaps Joshua must have thought to himself, it just came in this way. Joshua is thinking, if we don't defeat these five kings and their armies, they can retreat to their stronghold, reinforce themselves with more weapon and manpower, and come at another time against us to wipe us out. So, while we have the upper hand and God's fighting for us, it just can't end this way. And so the Bible says, and it's on the screen and in your text in Joshua 10 and 12, that Joshua spoke to the Lord. He prayed. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still over Gibeon. <laughs> wow. It takes some courage to talk to the sun and the moon. Just a man. And moon, stand still in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped. Till the people had revenge upon their enemies. So the sun stood still in the midst of the heaven and did not haste to go down for about a whole day. Can, can you imagine what those enemies are thinking? Man, the sun is going down now. We're going to run and we're going to hide. Five kings already went and hid themselves. And the more they're waiting for the sun to set so Israel and Joshua could lose their way. The Bible said the sun stayed up and bright all that night and into the next day. And here's what the word says in verse 14. And there has been no day like that before it or after it that the Lord heeded the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. Somebody say amen. amen. I mean the Lord let the sun stay bright until Joshua and the Israelites hunted down all the troops of the five kings. The sun stayed bright. The five kings ran for their life, of course, on horseback or however else. They found a cave and hid in the cave, thinking that they would not be found. Joshua and his men found out they were in the cave, but the battle hadn't been won on the battlefield yet. So Joshua told some of his soldiers, take you some big rocks and cover up the mouth of the cave and we'll deal with that five some later on. <laughs> Am I hearing somebody here? They go, because, because one man under the power of God speaks. Now, let me, let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you that the reason... Joshua could get an answer like that is because he prayed a prayer based on the promise of God that was already made to him. Did you hear me? Some of you are thinking, well, I'll never be a Joshua. I don't have that kind of authority and I don't have that kind of boldness in my faith. I, I can't do that, Pastor. But I'm telling you this morning that you can talk to God or talk to your enemies if you're praying for and asking what you're asking based on a promise in the Word of God. Can I get another amen? Let me give you a little teaching. Verse number 8 of this same chapter told us before the war even ensued, God said, the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them in your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Can somebody else say amen? amen? Now, I know that you and I can't go around commanding the sun and the moon and the stars to do whatever we want on a whim. God hadn't given us that kind of release. 
But we can speak to other kinds of things, mountains in our lives, if we speak to them based on a promise of God's Word. Somebody else say amen. We can have the authority like Joshua had because if we come to understand that God has given us so many promises that we as believers can claim and when we claim those promises over our life, it just doesn't have to end the way the devil wants it. Can, can somebody say amen? There are more promises in the Bible to you and I than there are number of days in the calendar year. Find one, find two, get you some kind of note paper or some card, write it and put it in your pocket. And when the devil shows up with the hounds of hell, pull out the promise of God. Sing it, say it, read it, quote it, because there is power in the words of God. Oh, you didn't hear me. I'm telling you this morning that there are promises for you to claim. You know they tell us that there's money out there in some of our names that we don't know is out there. Now, ain't none of you going to take notes until I say this. (laughs) Findmoney.com. Do you know that they tell us, oh, help me, Jesus. They tell us that maybe grandma or grandpa or somebody else or somebody over here, we ourselves might have had a closing or a mortgage or some kind of other thing going on. And, and, and there's some money left over for us. And it's just not claimed out there, but it's already ours. <laughs> Findmoney.com. If you don't find any, thank God. And if you find some, pay your tithe. Thank God. Can, can I get an amen? Any help? And, and, and let me say this to you. Somebody says, and I don't think this is a poor analogy, and I don't think that this compromises the Word of God. Somebody kind of painted it in this picture. That in heaven there are storehouses. And this is just a picture, okay? This doesn't mean it's literal. In heaven there are storehouses full with gifts tied beautifully, ribboned beautifully with names on it that are waiting to be claimed through intercessory prayer and through, through asking God with a pure heart. Can I get an amen here, somebody? I, I'm trying to tell you some of you here need to claim the promise over your children. Because some of the harder, the longer you pray and the harder you pray, for your unsaved son or daughter, be they teenager or married, the more the devil is going to make them meaner and madder. Do you know that? You get to praying and seeking God, and the last thing the devil wants is to allow the soul of your son or daughter or grandchild to be given to God and have eternal life. And he, for a season, going to attack you. But you need to say what Joshua said over his family when the people were given a choice whether to serve God or not. Joshua said, here's the promise, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. I don't know what y'all are going to do, but I I'm not near about to give up on my child. Not if Jesus is their Savior. Somebody praise the Lord. No, it don't have to end this way. No, your, your child don't have to end up on drugs, addicted to drugs or alcohol, or marry some kind of crony from somewhere that ain't belonging to them and leading them the wrong way. <laughs> some of you need to speak a, speak a promise from this book over your marriage. Over your marriage. You done seen the, pardon the grammar, but you already seen the billboard 1-800-DIVORCE. And you got it programming your cell phone. You need to say, you need to speak a promise over your marriage. And that promise is what God has joined together. Let no man put asunder. (laughs) Yeah, I came with both barrels. I don't know what you all came with. You know, you are what you say. You are what you say. The, the Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, or your head, your mouth speaks. You know I've said this before, but I can't resist saying it again. What you are full of, you're going to overflow with. <laughs> well, I just feel like something good is about to happen. I didn't come to play. It ain't going to end this way, No. Now, it ain't going to end this way with me, okay? <laughs> you all ain't there ready to put me in a wheelchair and roll me down some retirement hall and forget me for a year. No, 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 no. You ain't, you ain't, I ain't, ain't going to end this way with me, okay? 
I got some promises I'm claiming right now. Okay? I'm not near ready to retire and resign. I'm a young, strapping, 53-year-old cowboy. No, I ain't no cowboy. Forget that. Some of you are going to send me some kind of cowboy music. I rebuke that. I, I, I'm just a man of God trying to be. No, no. I, I'm not ready for you all to close the curtain on me. It ain't going to end this way. Some of you are sitting there and the devil told you it was this way with your mama. It's going to be this way with you. Go back to your ancestry and your genealogical tree and you find out there's been drunkards and alcoholics and, and homosexuals and, and there's been all kinds of violence and abuse in your marriage and you just going to come down. Some of you are sitting there listening to the devil and you've even repeated his words. We've never been anything. Nobody's finished college in our, in our, in our family. Nobody's finished high school in our family. There's been divorce in our family. There's been cancer in our family. There's been heart disease and what we say with our mouth, we pronounce over ourselves, and we ought to find some promises in God's Word that says, By His stripes, I am healed. No cancer, no heart disease. I am a child of God, and I am healed. Somebody ought to encourage yourself. Yeah. Nah. You see, you are what you say. And all some people can say is, please play for me a sad melody so sad that it makes everybody cry. I know the singing ain't good, but I'm trying to make the point. It probably will make you cry if I keep singing. You know, somebody done somebody wrong song. Y'all know how I feel about that. You've been around me a while. Brothers and sisters, I ain't never been more glad for caller ID on every phone I have than when I see some number up there going to play for me some sad Now, I'm the preacher, and I'm supposed to comfort people, okay? But there's just some times that I just don't need no call about some whining... Yeah, I'm preaching, buddy. Some kind of... I try to encourage people and encourage... But, and they say, they give me this whining all the time, all the time. Next thing you know, I left them and I'm feeling sad. Don't let that spirit get off on you. You look at that call ID and think, that's not a good time for that. But now the call ID says, Pastor Matura, that's a good time for that. You all, yeah, and, and I'm saying to you, you need to take some of these promises and speak over. You need to get your wallet, your checkbook, your mortgage payment, and all the other stuff you financially obligated utilities, put them on your desk. Take out your billfold, put it on there, go find your wife's pocketbook. Good luck. And put it on the desk. And say, God, I tithe and I give. And the devil is not going to let my finances go this way. I got my own business and it may be recession time. But remember me, Lord. I claim the promises. You said if I tithe and give that you would open the windows of heaven. and Somebody helping this preacher. And pour me out a blessing that there will not be room to contain it. Can I get an amen? You said that you would rebuke the devourer for my sake. I'm putting my bills. I'm putting my mortgage. And I am trusting you. I'm claiming your promise. It just can't end this way. Now, let me just give you a little addendum. A little parenthetical. Don't be claiming no promise if you ain't keeping your portion of it. Yes. He's a little man, but he's got a big word. He also has a police car parked after church and before church at his office because he knows he's going to preach. That's part of the problem in the kingdom. We're thinking, God, it can't end this way. Can't. And we, some of us live like the devil and rob God and do all kind of other tomfoolery and then come here talking about why God ain't heard my prayer. No. They said with a pure heart. If your heart is pure and your life is clean, you can claim every one of these promises. I got to move on while the iron is hot. If Joshua had a promise that 
cause things to end the other way. By the way, he did find the five kings. Understand? They did go move the boulders off the mouth of the cave, brought those five kings, and the sun was still shining, and they were hung in disgrace, and the battle was over, and those people never visited them again, because it just can't end this way. If Joshua had a promise that he could stand on, Hannah had a prayer. Let me see if I can hurry through this part. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says about Hannah, a woman of God, that she had no children. And you, you need to understand, and I, I, I needed to learn and understand that in Hannah's day, and among her culture and people, having no children was a stigma. It, it was a, a, a sort of a curse on a woman by the culture that caused the woman great grief. And such was Hannah. The Bible further said about Hannah, not only did she have no children, but in verse 6 it said her rival, this, this, this her rival provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. Now her rival here is the woman by the name of Panina. Panina was the other wife of Elkanah. It sounds like the Nana family. Doesn't it? Na, 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 na. Na, na, na. Okay, we'll get back under the anointing. Elkanah was the husband. He had two wives, Panina and Hannah. Panina, her womb was fertile. She had children. She took joy in persecuting Hannah. Severely. Do you know that the devil will make people do that in your life sometimes? Yeah. Do you know that a real devil and demon in hell, you trying your best and somebody going to show up to try to put a little salt in your already wounded heart? Such was Hannah's plight. L- listen further, if you will. The Bible says in verse 7 of the same chapter, she wept and did not eat. Do you know that life can do stuff to you or we can do stuff to ourselves by choices that we shouldn't have made? That can cause us such grief and despair and brokenness until food is not even appealing. Can I get a witness here? When you look at the the destiny of what might be your health or might be your children or your finances. You look what's going on and you're thinking, God, it can't end this way. You don't even feel like eating. Hannah was in such dismay. Verse 10 said she wept and was in bitterness of soul. She wept in anguish. Here is a woman that thought, God, it can't end this way. Penina has made herself my rival. I'm a stigma to the community. I go to church, I worship, the Bible says she does. I take my gifts. And all I want is a child, a male child, because in that culture and time, for whatever reason, the more male children a mother, wife could produce, the higher the cultural approval. She had a prayer. And she prayed to God. Verse 11, then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maid servant and remember me, and not forget your maid servant, but will give your maid servant a male child. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. Let me show you the difference of your destiny staying as it is, if it's negative, and changing. Is here's a woman who teaches us that not only did she ask God for a blessing for herself, but catch this, this way you'll get help. She asked God for a blessing for herself being that of a child, a male child. But she said, and when you give him to me, I don't just want to be blessed alone. I'm going to give him back to you. And you're going to get all the glory for answering my prayer. Can I get, can I get you to praise the Lord? Now, now see, this, this is where the difference is. I don't know where you are in your life's journey as to... How terminal and tragic it looks like. I speak to people every Sunday who have gone through the week previously.
And for some of them, it's been hell on earth. I'm speaking now, and as I speak, there's a lady who is in intensive care at Emory, whom I visited on Thursday evening until midnight. She was at first here at Piedmont Fayette, and then they life-flighted her, bleeding on the brain. I'm speaking right now, and I'm speaking to a congregation, and I know of a man right now. I wouldn't use him or her name or people's name to exploit their need and their pain. And I wouldn't use their confidentiality in me as a pastor to make a point. But I'm speaking generic enough for you to understand. There's a man now. He is probably mid-40s and has constantly battled, battled substance abuse. Lost his marriage. Lost his business. Repeatedly been in and out of jail. Because of this abuse. This abuse has changed his personality when under the influence of it. And has made him violent. And I was told this morning that he is now in a rehabilitation facilities facility. For having visited the past habit in his weak moment. And I could just hear the devil saying over that woman in Emory and this man in rehab, you're going to die like this. Anybody hearing me? But I'm telling you under the authority of God's word and a praying heart, if somebody is willing to get a hold of that man or that woman because they can't pray like they want to pray, if you could hook up with somebody who says, and I don't, I don't mean to be crude, somebody who says, come hell or high water, I'm not giving up on you. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're my husband. You're my wife. And while the devil may have you in a certain fix, I'm pulling for you. I'm batting for you. I'm fighting for you. Somebody ought to give the Lord some praise. And I'm talking to people who somebody else done that for you. I don't know what the devil's put over your house and over your marriage and your family, but that's going to change today. Man, women, God bless Hannah with a boy. She named him Samuel. After about a year or two after he was weaned, like his mother promised, I'm going to take him to the house of God. I'm going to give him to the priest Eli. The priest Eli didn't even realize she was a woman of God two years before. He saw her praying in the temple asking God to give her a child. And her mouth was moving, but there was no voice coming out. And he said, woman, you are drunk. Why are you drunk in the house of the Lord? She said, sir, sir, priest, man of God. I'm a woman of a broken spirit. You ever been there? You couldn't say any more words? And I'm praying for God to give me a child. And man of God, when he gives me a child, I'm going to bring him back to the same house to you. She brought him back, named him Samuel. He stayed in the house of God. He grew up to be one of the greatest, most powerful prophets and judge of Israel. But you know what? Here's the beautiful thing about Hannah's story. Because you see, not only do you have a promise, you have a prayer. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 2 and 21, God gave her, Hannah, two other boys and, th- and two girls. Three boys and two girls. Because Hannah made up her mind. There is power in prayer. And I am not going to die a barren woman. Oh, look what the Lord has done. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. I've got to hurry here. L- listen. Peter was thrown in jail in the book of Acts chapter 12 for preaching the gospel. That's right after the day of Pentecost. And the gospel was spreading like wildfire. And it made the Jews mad because they thought the Jesus business had closed down because they killed him. They thought. But Jesus burst the grave, came out and said, "Ah, see you when I see you. I'm going to fix a place for you. That's the Alan Maturin version. While I'm going to fix a place for you, I'm going to send the Holy Ghost on you. Man, you're going to do things like you ain't never done before. Peter preached it through him in jail. Herod wanted to patronize the Jews. 
and, and he, he had already killed, he'd already killed uh, James, which is the brother of John, with the sword. And when Herod, Herod was a wicked, wicked despot. He killed, and he arrested Peter, thought, you know what, I'll wait to after Passover, the holy day. I'm going to bring Peter out of jail, and we're going to have another beheading or killing by the sword. When they threw Peter into jail, waiting to kill him at the convenient time, Herod considered him such a prize catch that they put chains on both his wrists and chained him to a guard on his left and a guard on his right. Of 24 hours. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. The saints of God, Acts 12 says, were having an all-night cottage prayer meeting. And they were praying, oh God, it just can't end this way for Apostle Peter. My God, James have died and Stephen they have pelted with stones and killed. And oh God, it just can't end this way because the gospel is being spread. And now Herod is trying to kill believers. And they're praying all night. They're praying 10 o'clock, 11, 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. They're praying. Mm-mm. Look at the screen. Acts 12 and 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. I don't need to make anybody mad, but you know what? We quit too, we quit too soon in our prayers. Some of, us, some of us, the devil makes us think if we pray five minutes, we've broken the world record of intercessory prayer, and so now we can quit. Can anybody hear me? Somebody? Yeah. You know, some of us, we've got to get past these poetic kind of, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my... Sometimes you've got to get past them poem kind of prayers, and you've got to get a heart-breaking, travailing, desperate, it can't end this way kind of prayer. They prayed constantly. That's where some of our problem is. <laughs> there are some things that will only come by prayer and by fasting. Man, they prayed. The Bible says, God sent an angel. We early morning hours. You know a prayed up man? You know when you could tell a prayed up man? You know who's a prayed up man or woman? When they know the next day they're going to die and they're sleeping between chains and guards and they're sleeping. You prayed up if you know tomorrow I'm dying and I'm sleeping tonight. <laughs> oh, my Lord. If it was me and I wasn't prayed up, if I had one more hair left on this shiny spot, I'd be pulling it out. I'd be biting nails. I, oh, God, I'm going to die tomorrow. It can't end this way. If I wasn't prayed up, I'd text mail and I'd email and I'd U.S. mail and maybe a few females and ask them to pray. And <laughs> Desperate. Desperate. But you know, you have peace with God. You are prayed up and you are paid up. And come death or life tomorrow morning, I'm at peace with God. Because with God, it just can't end this way. God sent an angel and woke him up. Woke up, Peter. He got up and the chains fell off both his wrists. And the two guards beside him, chained to him. <laughs> Sound asleep. Holy Ghost put him to sleep. Now, some of you trying to make me think the Holy Ghost put you to sleep when I'm preaching. <laughs> but I know better. I ain't the Holy Ghost putting you to sleep. And I don't mind you sleeping when I'm preaching. It's that stinking snoring you do when I preach. It's kind of insulting to me. And I'm only having a little fun with you. I mean, Peter gets up. The angel said, put on your clothes. He puts on his... He thinks he's having a dream, a vision. He wants to get out so bad. The prayer meeting is going on over there, desperate. They're praying, they're praying. They're, oh, my God, they're fanning each other, fainting and praying. If you've got somebody you love, you're going to hold up for him. He, he stands up, walks, and things start opening up. Doors. They come to the main iron gate of the prison. It reminds me when I came to... It just opened up. It just opened up. No keys, nothing. It reminds me when I came to America at, at age 11, 1968. And we went to the grocery store for the first time in America. Winn-Dixie. I ain't never in my life seen an automatic door. Now, don't take... Some people, you tell them you're from a foreign country and they ask you... They think that everything in a foreign country is like Tarzan and Jane. 
Did y'all swing from ropes to from place to place? Give me a break, man. You know, we Americans, we, we think that, uh, that we can speak Spanish by adding an O to the end of every word we say. Yeah. Uh, we Americans, if we can't speak their language, we think, the louder we talk! But I did never see a, I'd never seen an automatic door. And I walk up in the window, see my mom, my dad, sisters, you know, and first time, I walk, this kind of carpeted, the door. Look what I can do. I'm 11 years old now, a little toe-headed, handsome boy. It hadn't ended that way, has it? Anyhow, uh, I'm standing there, mom's going in, and the family... Step back again. <laughs> Boy, come in the store. That's what happened with the jail. God opened up the gates. Peter goes to the cottage prayer meeting. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Now they're praying. They're crying. Oh, God, it can't end this way. Knocking on the gate. Got to be quiet. Don't want to know where he is. You realize this ain't no dream now. Rhoda, Rhoda, the girl at the prayer meeting, she had a knock and she goes to the door. She says, Peter, he's at the gate. Shut up, girl. We're praying for Peter. <laughs> You're laughing because we do it. That's your his vision. That's his ghost you're seeing, girl. Be quiet and come in and pray. And it just like us. We drop a prayer request in that box. Three weeks later to God. God answered the prayer. And we go, oh my God. He answered it. God answered it. Oh my God. Don't put it in there if you don't expect him to answer Just can't end this way. <laughs> they let Peter in. They had more meeting, and then he went on someplace else. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. Please listen to me. I, I don't know what prison you may be in. I, I don't know what, what you're chained to this morning. I don't know who's put something over your head, but you better not claim it. Something ugly, negative. You, you, it just can't end this way. You know, one, one final thought here. Moses' mother, whose name was Jochebed, in this land of slavery, her boy was born, Egypt. And the announcement by the Pharaoh was, these Egyptians, pardon me, these Hebrews living in Egypt, in the slums, in the ghettos of Egypt. They keep saying about Joseph and how we got here, and Joseph treated us good, and the Pharaoh who knew Joseph treated us good. But the Bible said this, this new ruler came to power. He didn't know Joseph, and he didn't treat the Hebrews good. He made them do the nastiest, dirty jobs that no Egyptian wanted to do. And preceding pharaohs before him. And he also, for 430 years, they were slaves. And God said, I'll raise you up a deliverer. And they kept thinking, it can't end this way. When's the deliverer coming? Jochebed had a boy. She named him Moses. But Pharaoh had said, all baby boys born in this kingdom will be thrown in the river. To the hungry crocodiles. Because he was attempting to control the population growth of the Hebrews. Lest perhaps they got too many. And when Egypt came under attack. The Hebrews would join with the attackers. And cause the Egyptians to lose their power. You see here's something I want to tell you. And I need to hurry. I need to tell you that. If your faith is going to change. F-A-I-T-H. If your situation is going to change. 
if this curse, this cloud, this negativism, this this uh, attitude, this sickness, this uh, uh, whatever is, is is pronounced over you a, a destiny that is not God's will. If that's going to change, you have to prepare for it to change. Can I get an amen by faith? I want to slow down a little bit because I'm about to run out of breath, but that's okay. Let me say, let me say this: you got to prepare. When you prepare, God will provide. You need to remember that. If you prepare, God will provide. She said, you know what? My boy is not... If I can help it, it's not going to end this way with my boy. She built him a little boat, ark-like thing. Exodus 2 and 3. It says, now when she could no longer hide him, she took him took an ark of bulrushes for him, dubbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it and laid it in the reed by the river bank just going not going to end this way with my boy but I don't know how it's going to end I'm just not going to let it end without me preparing for a better future for him God orchestrated the Pharaoh's daughter the same man who said kill all male babies of Hebrews Pharaoh's daughter saw the baby in the water God made the baby cry just in time God orchestrated that Pharaoh's daughter saw the baby and because of what the baby was dressed in, she knew it was a Hebrew trial and her father said, let them all die. But she said, not this child, this is my baby. I don't care what daddy says because God made it that way. God so orchestrated that, that Moses' own mother was called to be his nurse. Can I get an amen here? And then after that, God put Moses in the in Pharaoh's palace. He ate the finest food, dressed in the finest clothes, got the best education. And not only that, but God caused him at age 80 to lead one and a half million people out of slavery into the promised land. Somebody say amen. God used him because one mother said it ain't going to end this way. He could part the Red Sea by the power of God. He could call manna down from heaven and water from a rock because somebody said it's not going to end this way. And I'm telling you it don't have to end this way for you. So I close with these remarks. Yesterday was a day of remembrance. Year number nine. A day of remembrance of a day that any of us that was alive during that time and had capacity of reason will never forget. On September 11, 2001, radical extremists, Islamic terrorists attacked America. I might pause to tell you this and answer the prayer. Wednesday night, I said to the church, I stood right here in prayer time, and I said to this church, I want you to pray with me that the man in Florida called Pastor Terry Jones would not burn the Koran. I ask you to pray because I cannot find in my Bible where burning somebody else's holy scripture is going to draw them to God. Please, please hear me. It is not my holy scripture. These are the only inspired words of God. But if I want to bring them to the table, to this scripture, I can't first insult them by the only thing they know. I couldn't find precedent in the Bible for burning scriptures like that. Because I could find what Jesus said in John 3.17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. In my opinion, the preacher is out of his mind. And he needs to repent. Maybe he did. But God answered the prayers. And saved future possibilities of increased terrorism by no Quran burning. This day, 9-11-2001. New York City, Twin Towers. Pentagon. Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Approximately 3,000 people died and this nation will never recover but there's a few group of people there's a group of people on a plane flying over Pennsylvania that 
terrible morning who by now had found out through cell phones and other means of communication that the nation had been attacked and airplanes were being used as missiles and they knew that also because their plane was commandeered by terrorists they knew from outside information and internally that their plane would be a missile to some target some strategic high visibility target and they said we may die in this plane but it doesn't have to end their way it doesn't have to we may die but we could abort the death of hundreds of thousands of others if we don't just sit here and accept our fate they died giving their lives so that maybe hundreds of thousands could live you should honor them with me Stand please. Stand please. I got to tell you this. I got to close like this. Listen to me. The Lord Jesus is on his way back. Back to earth. Back to catch away. Only the saved. Did you hear me? The coming of the Lord is near. This is not the last of what's going to happen. And I'm not trying to be a pessimist. In the last days, wickedness shall abound. Wars and rumors of wars. Evil and wicked despots. When you see these signs, know that Jesus is soon to return. How is it going to end with you? Look at me just a minute, hear me. What is going to be the end of your soul? And if Jesus doesn't come in the near future, you or I could die before he comes. Are, are you hearing me, somebody? Are you ready? Because if you're not, only you can change your destiny. Bow your heads. One more chance. Between now and next Sunday, somebody here may not be with us not cheap psychology it's real but this, this number of people in both services somebody here could be gone but I just I just pray that if it's one of us me you that we could be like Peter <laughs> be peaceful because it is well with our soul Pastor Matura there's got to be some things that change in my life that I cannot change on my own strength. Pastor, the more I mess with trying to make things better, the nastier it gets. And I must admit that I can't save myself. I want to be saved. Head bowed and eyes closed. Everybody, head bowed and eyes closed. Pray Christians. Pray believers. Pray somebody. Somebody be a tool for somebody else's destiny to be changed. Pray. Pastor, I need the Lord. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to raise your hands if that's you. You got about 28. Hold it up. You got about 20. Hold it up. Hold it up high. You got about 20 seconds. You don't need to be looking around thinking who's doing it, who's not doing it. I'm talking about your soul, your decision, and how it's going to end for you. Hold it up. Hold it up. I'm going to count them now. I'm going to count them now. Nobody looking at me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, eight. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. I am proud of you 18 people. Put your hands down. Everybody else, give the Lord some thanks. Look at me, everybody. Can you offer yourself in that posture like this? Like, can you lift your hands like this? Everybody, 
look at me and repeat the Lord's Prayer. Sometimes I have you close your eyes. When I mean the Lord's Prayer, I mean now the sinner's prayer. Okay? I want to say it. You repeat after me. I want, I want, because when we stand before Him, there's going to be no eyes closed. going to be no head bowed. And there's a reason why we do that on occasions, based on the nature of our invitation, not to embarrass people. But when we stand before Him, we got hands like this. He's going to take His hand and say, Come on in. Repeat after me, everybody, out loud. Lord Jesus, I have failed you. I confess. The more I try to fix me and fix others, the worse it becomes. But I give up my efforts and I invite your efforts. Jesus, wash away all of my sins. I have failed you. I have known what is right, but I've done wrong. And today, I want you to make me a new creation in Christ. Today, by faith, I believe old things are passed away and all things have become new. Today, Jesus, write my name in heaven's book of life. So when that roll book is called, I'll be ready. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that you are the only begotten Son of God. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. And change me. Thank you for that. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Put your hands together now. And, and give him some praise with me. Come on, now, let's celebrate. Yes! Yes, yes, yes. I got a couple more prayers and I'm going to let you go. Please, let me, let me tell you something. Usually, people leave too soon sometimes. They leave, they leave the ball game too soon. Pastor Jeff. This is a con- new converse class. I'm coming back to you, Pastor Jeff. I got a little something I want to rub on you a little bit. Rub it in. This is a new converse card. This is Pastor, this is Pastor Sammy officially this morning for one, one moment, okay? I point you only for now. Next time you've got to go earn it on your own. Brother Sammy, who is one of our altar workers and the leader of that ministry, or Pastor Jeff will have a card or they'll be here. We're not asking, we're not asking you for anything that we're going to exploit. We're saying if you if you prayed for salvation, you need somebody to pray over it. You're starting right now. You need to hook up with some people who love you. You need to be invited to some classes that will help you. Fill out one of these cards. Give it to Brother Sammy or Pastor Jeff. Or you could put it back in the basket. Sometimes we leave too early. God's fixing to take us into overtime and I'm fixing to pray for you. I, I said to my wife, the game comes on at 410. Braves, St. Louis Cardinal. But I got some things I got to do outside. I got to wash the cars. And I'll get back in at 6.30. And I'm in and out of the house now. Because I really want to be where the game is. And I come in 6.30. It's tied up 3 to 3. And I go back out. Come back in 15 minutes and finish up something else. My wife had turned the TV off. I said, woman, what is wrong with you? Have you lost your anointing? 3 to 3. I come back in there. And, Man, I got the car finished. I got everything done. And, and I'm wet. And I'm thinking, this is going over in just a few minutes. Because all we need is one run. One run. It goes into the 10th inning. Run. It goes into the 11th inning. Ain't nobody getting no hits. I'm laying there. So now 45 minutes later, I'm still wet. But I'm, I'm thinking, it just can't end this way. Because the Phillies, that's where he comes in. One game ahead of us. But if we win this... Because they just lost. Look what the Lord has. Anyhow, uh, we'll be tied up. Tied up with them. Just good, good little humor. Every time I go to the ball game with Pastor Jeff, we lose. Last time we went without him and we won big. Anyhow, uh, hey. In the bottom of the 12th inning, score tied. Two people out. Alex Gonzalez is on base. <laughs> and I'm a praying. I'd already prayed for the service so I can pray for the game. You understand? And Pastor Zach, I mean, there were two men on base, two out, Gonzalez, two strikes against him. He got connected with that brother Sammy. 
knocked that sucker into, into high stands out there in center field. Three runs come in, and I'm thinking, hallelujah, it didn't end that way. Now the Phillies and the Braves are tied, and the rest of the story will depend on how well Pastor Jeff can pray. You say, Pastor Matura, before I leave this morning, sir, I got some stuff I got to give over to Jesus because it can't end this way. Pastor Matura, my marriage, I don't want to end this way. My child, I don't want to see this way. My finances, my mind, Pastor. Pastor, sometimes I can't even sleep at night because I'm tormented by the devil and I wish I could sleep. It can't, Pastor, I go to church. I love the Lord. I read my Bible. I tithe and give. And I'm trying to do all I can. But Satan has put some stuff over me or my family. And Pastor, I cannot fix it. But I know what you preach this morning. I've got a prayer. I've got a promise. And I will prepare myself. It's not going to end this way. I am not going to be a has-been. I may not, listen to me. I may not be able to go back and start all over back yonder. But I can start today. I can start new today and have a brand new ending by the time my journey is over. Come on. Come from where you are and let me pray over you. That'll be a final prayer. Sing a song. Come from where you are. Quickly. Come on. Pastor, I want things to change. Before we leave, this is the closing prayer. I'm going to keep you long, but carry with me. Come on. Come on. Come all over here. Bring somebody with you. Your body. Your health. Your marriage. Sing it. faith that things are not going to end the way the devil planned. The devil's got a plan for you and God's got a plan for you. You chose God's plan. And by your confession and by your stepping out, it's going to happen. Now here's what I want you to do. We ain't going to whine. We ain't going to complain. We ain't going to sing no sad song. We're going to praise the Lord for 30 seconds to a minute. And when you praise Him, tell Him what you're praising Him for. I praise you. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence not seen. Faith means that I believe, even though I don't see it, feel it, touch it, or smell it. But I believe it because I have a promise, I have a prayer, and I prepared myself. And I'm going to go ahead and thank Him that the cancer is no longer in my body. I'm going to go ahead and thank Him that the generational curse is not on me. I'm going to go ahead and thank Him that with the boss or with my spouse or my family, the relationship is going to be healed. I am not going to have to stay on Prozac. I'm not going to have to stay on medication. I'm not going to have to be put in a rubber suit in a rubber room because I'm about to lose my mind. No, no, no. I thank you, God, that I have a sound mind, a healthy body, and i got some more dreams. Can I get an amen? They ain't about to close the casket on you and wheel it down and tighten it up. Did, I, did, did anybody hear me? That ain't going to happen to me right now. It ain't going to happen to you. We ain't about to die here. Not when we got dreams and visions and God. Begin to praise Him. Lift up your hands. Begin to praise Him. Praise Him out loud. Raise your voices and thank Him by faith over why you came to the altar. My Father, I praise you. I praise you right now that women are being blessed. Women of God. Mothers of God. Grandmothers of God. Come on, praise Him. I praise you that their life and their family is blessed. I praise you for fathers and husbands, men of God, whose children are blessed and their families. Come on, praise you, Lord. I praise you that we will get jobs. We will pay our bills. Our credit will not be damaged. Come on and say amen. I praise you, God, that the addiction of any kind and substance abuse is broke from our family. In Jesus' name. I 
praise you, God, that I won't have anxiety attacks anymore. No panic attack. There won't be a wreck. There won't be a burglary. Come on, somebody. There won't be a sexual assault. There won't be pornography. There won't be a curse on me because I'm a child of the King. Come on, come on, praise God, I pray. Somebody's praying for a marriage partner. And they are thinking they have been forgotten. But I praise you that the right spouse will be brought to them by God in this time. Amen. God, somebody here is struggling with some very real attacks of hell. But in Jesus' name, the blood of Jesus, I reapply to your life today. And I praise you, Lord. Come on, one more time for ten more seconds. Praise him out loud. I praise you. I praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Louder, louder, praise the Lord. The Lord has heard. Help him, somebody. The Lord Lord has heard. Rejoice with him. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me. Just in time. Oh, I know. Praise him today. He saves us the same. Would you just raise your hands, Brother Powell? Just raise your hand right there. Yes, sir. You put it down now. I want to give you a word from Jesus. I heard some singing this week. Anointed singing of God. And it was a song that you sing. You've sung over the years. Your voice, your anointing. And I thought about you, sir. Preacher of the gospel. And the Holy Spirit told me to tell you that you will sing again. That's, that's what he told me. Somebody clap your hands and praise the Lord. <laughs> that's it. Let me tell you. Temporarily, there's been an attack on his body. He's the founding pastor of this church. Some of you didn't know that. And it ain't going in near the way the devil has it all. I just wanted you to know in the mouth of many witnesses so that they can pray and they will hear you sing again. And more than sing, brother. <laughs> it just ain't going to end that way. George, raise your hand, George. I speak over you in Jesus' name. Been to Cleveland, Ohio more than once. His wife and daughter for the treatment of cancer. And he's back. They've done stem cell on him and other things. And George, it just ain't going to end that way. Somebody give, somebody give a God bless you to George. You are healed by the power of your faith in God. You're going to sing some more too. Did anybody hear me? <laughs> you all just quit believing. You, it's time for you to shake off those heavy bands. It's time for some angels to show up at your house and break those chains for you to get your dance back. Sing what you just sang again and let's praise him one more time. Put your hands to your hands. Somebody sing again. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me.
children of Israel marched around the walls of Jericho. They didn't use a sword, a shield, a battering ram. They didn't use anything but praises to God. And their walls came down and it didn't end the way the people inside thought it would. Go your way, dancing and singing, have a great life. Alive, and if you just want to 